Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man whose one testicle is growing its own testicle. It's Richard Herring! You're much better than last week's audience. We did. We weren't on last week, so welcome. Welcome. So you're better, but you're you are, you're better than the one last time we had as well. Well done. Congratulations. Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was chatting with the nerds on Mastodon. Uh, who understand how it works and aren't overwhelmed by its unuser friendliness. Have you tried? Fucking hell. Um, apparently I'm on there, but I, d- I don't know how I got on there. I don't know where I am or what to do. Anyway, they call it Rahalastabas. I don't know if that's a, it's a very exciting about Twitter. By the time, you know, by the time this goes out in quite a few weeks, uh, I don't know where, what the Twitter situation will be. As we're recording this, it's looking bleak for Twitter, I have to say. So, uh, I don't know if I will be on Mastodon. I did correctly predict, pretty almost to the day, the demise of Liz Truss uh, in, in, weeks in advance. So let's say, let's say Elon Musk. By the time this goes out, Elon Musk will no longer be the CEO of Twitter. Fingers crossed. Though so, uh, I, 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 I was having an argument on Twitter with someone about. Um, uh, they, they said, oh, tw- I'd criticise Elon Musk. And then there's loads of guys who get upset if you criticise Elon Musk on Twitter, which is weird, isn't it? Sort of sucking up to billionaires. I don't know, in the hope. I don't know, he'll give you a blowjob or something. I don't know what's going on. 
Uh, and uh, they said, you know, he's a billionaire and you're a, you're a comedian, supposedly. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I, I, my, my dad didn't own a comedy mine. You know, I started from... <laughs> and then someone else told me that Elon Musk had grown up from nothing, had nothing, and didn't use any of his dad's money, uh, and that I was a posh... My, I was posh because my dad was a headmaster. Uh, so apparently I'm more privileged than Elon Musk, so I'd like to apologise to Elon Musk if you are listening... <laughs> But then I looked on Wikipedia, and it really looked like his dad did have an emerald mine. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know who to believe. Um, and yes, I've been in for my yearly uh, check. I, I don't know if people know about this, but I had testicular cancer last year. I don't like to talk about it. And um, I have to go. You go in every year, and you have your blood test, and they gave me a scan and everything. And everything's pretty all right. I have a testosterone level of 14. Apparently, that's out of 10 as well. So that is... <laughs> You know, this one guy is up there, you know, imagine how much testosterone I had when I had two. Um, the only issue is that my left testicle, there's a cyst. If you read the book, this is a spoiler. Uh, there is a cyst growing on my remaining testicle, which was a bit scary when I discovered it. Uh, but apparently it's harmless. But it's, it's growing, right? And it's now three centimetres long, which is almost as long as a testicle. So I've, it feels like my testicle is... Either grown its own testicle, which I approve, I like, that's okay, we can both have one testicle each. Or maybe my testicle, maybe it's growing back. I mean, that's going to ruin the brand, isn't it? If, I, if another one grows, I have two, what am I going to do? I've, I've, I've gone all in on being a monoball, so uh, it's, apparently it's okay. But, uh, I'm all right, apparently, so that's good. Uh, uh, anything else to tell you about? I think we'll uh, move on. Uh, old Richie Sunak is now the... the uh, Prime Minister Richie, old Richie Sunak, I call him. Uh, apparently, he's going to fix the economy. That's one. That was his first. Uh, hopefully, he's going to be able to track down whoever it was who broke it. Though, as well. That's, I'm, I hope he's got time. I hope he's got time to find out about that. That one's going to play well in December, isn't it? There'll be a different Prime Minister by then as well. Or whenever this goes out. Anyway, look, we'll, we'll hold. We'll hold forth and get back. Uh, my guest. We've got a fantastic guest for you. My guest this week. Is probably best known for her appearance on the Prickles with Tickles show. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sarah Keyworth, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Sarah Keyworth. Hello, come in. Hello there, how are you doing? We're all good, I think. Good. How, are you, how are you doing? Oh, very good. Good. Yeah. Do you remember the, the Prickles with Tickles show? Oh, I do, yeah. Anyone else? <laughs> for me... Big you know, fans. nothing you've done has been as good as that. I was, I was a fan in those days. It was a big, big show of its yeah. time. Yeah, it was yeah. very successful. Do you want to tell people Huge what the Prickles audience. with Tickles show was? Uh, it was a sketch show. Yeah. A comedy sketch show. Yeah. Um, the bit sort of big cast um, uh, hosted by Prickles the Beanie Baby, uh, <laughs> controlled by my older brother when we were children. <laughs> <laughs> And were you tickles? Uh, I was. I uh, so prickles had tickles. I actually I wasn't in it. Oh really? No, I was an audience. Only ever allowed to be an audience member. A very oh. enthusiastic one. Okay. It was a great show. There was a sketch called SOS. Okay. And it was just like sort of multiple people suffering horrible accidents, falling in canyons, that <laughs> fall, and then every time at the end of the sketch, he, my brother would go, "Luckily, no one was hurt. <laughs> it could have been much, much worse." And um, we laughed. We Good. did laugh. How's your, how's your brother's comedy career going? He's an uh, archaeologist. Oh, is he? Okay. So, yeah. 
Well, that's good. Where does he? Where does he? Well, I'm quite interested in archaeology. In, I might uh, have him on as a guest. Where does he work? Uh, he's just a sort of um, a commercial archaeology in Nottinghamshire. In the sort of Midlands area, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, there. I didn't even know this, but if any kind of big excavation goes on, he's yeah. the guy who has to come in and just check that there's nothing of cultural significance okay. there. So basically, it's just pissing off builders <laughs> all along the country. Was he annoyed about Leicester getting the King Richard III? He must have been fucked off about well, no, that. Was was, so that close. Was, that was exciting for him because was it? It, that was that happened whilst he was studying, oh, okay. and one of his uh, tutors was, I think, one of the one of the guys who got him. Mm. Yeah, that they got him in the end. Oh, one um, of the guys who's now being criticised in the Steve Coogan film, presumably. Is it? Oh, I didn't well, know that. Yeah. Why? Because they've turned, they've made all the proper archaeologists look. I mean, I think they've all got twirly moustaches and top hats. Yeah. And then this is the normal woman who just guessed where King Richard III was in the car park. Yeah, She's it's the hero. Anybody can dig up a car park, can't they? It's can. frustrating. Anyone could see to... an R drawn on the floor and go, that's where he is then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little crown poking out the ground. Uh, I used to live in Leicester, because I went to uni in Leicester, and I used to live next to that car park. So I've actually um, urinated on the king. <laughs> <laughs> You're a student and you run away home and you, you can't yeah. wait. So, wow, that is a claim to fame. That, that is a claim to absolutely fame. Absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> did you ever? Were you? I mean, you're quite young and you were born in like 1993 or something. Yeah, sorry That's about terrifying. that. Terrifying. Um, and like you're yet you're a sentient grown human. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> More or less. Um, <laughs> uh, and you grew up in Nottingham. Now, yes. my big thing about Nottingham um, was the best thing in Nottingham was the tales of Robin Hood. Were you? Are you? Are the immersive you experience. Yeah. Did yeah. You, do you remember that? Oh yeah, I went a lot. Yeah. Good, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. They, why did they? Why aren't you furious that they closed it down and turned it into a Tesco? No, I don't really. I think it really went to the dogs. Did you? Yeah, it sort of fell because I used to go as a teenager because it was free to go in. Okay. And we'd just go in and they'd be empty. It'd be really strange. And then I remember the um, the sheriff of Nottingham picked up my friend off the ground and had dangled her upside down. And I think that was probably when they shut it down. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's in character. That's the kind of thing he could yeah, do. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but she was sort of fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have done. It. Yeah. Well, you know, the sheriff of Nottingham shouldn't have been nasty to Robin Hood. Should That's he? true, but this guy was an actor, so <laughs> yeah. he's just in his role. Yeah, he's probably being paid minimum wage. Yeah, so he was kicked out immediately, and he shouldn't. Yeah, it was a mistake. Did you find it offensive when you went into the tales of Robin Hood, and the first thing they said was, "You are about to leave behind your humdrum life." That's, that was the was that, that was the, the uh, that when I were going in the, when I went in that's the first thing the voiceover says you are about to leave behind your humdrum life that might have just been you you know yeah, yeah. well I think my I don't life, think they said that to anyone I think else. my life's better than the Robin Hood experience yeah, I think, well, I think have, my life's more exciting than that well, having seen the Robin Hood experience and having met you yeah <laughs> This was me in the 1990s, actually. It was was worse, actually, in the 1990s, I have to say. So there we go. Look, Sarah, you've been doing a lot of uh, fantastic work. uh, And I'm quite interested in this because the whole COVID thing, right, I was thinking um, this was, as as well as the many other victims of COVID, let's forget about them for the moment, as a comedian... (laughs) As a comedian, I was thinking the, pe- the kind of people who were looking forward to the 2020 Edinburgh Fringe and thinking, this is going to be the fringe where, you know, my career massively takes off. You'd basically done the 2018, 2019, done really well with those two. And then were you, a a role, were you yeah. heading to 2020 to consolidate 
consolidate that progress you'd made? Yeah, I, d- I don't know if I was really thinking about it as like it was going to be a, a, a big year for me. Right. But I, di- I did, I did want to, to at least make some money that year, and that didn't happen. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was a, it was a shame that yeah. it got cancelled. But I didn't have sort of any massive. I did have I had a small plan. Um, like it was actually quite a big plan for the show that year because I was, had a, a bet with my friend where I was going to get carried on stage every day by a wrestler. <laughs> okay. uh, so that didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a dis- disappointment. But you did... It's not the worst thing that happened It's not that the year, worst thing, it? yeah. but it's sort of... I mean, it's interesting in terms of... Because it suddenly is like a year or two years sort of where not everything quite shut down but where, you know, you're rolling along and then there's this dip and then you have to pick yourself up again, I guess, afterwards. Yeah, I, have, I will have to pick myself up at some, some point, at I some think. Point. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll get there eventually. Yeah, I mean, I think it, um, it, it knocked us all out a little bit and I definitely... I think I was on a bit of a treadmill with comedy where I was like, I just do the next thing, do the next thing, do the next thing. And it has taken me a bit of time to work out how to, to kind of, like, figure out what I'm doing again now. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I am... I'm getting there. Yeah. They're laughing, so I think somebody like booed uh, then. So that's a good, that's a good sign. Well, it, it um, did change. I mean, a lot of things changed. So you were going to do quite a knockabout fun show, having done some quite serious shows about gender identity. And the plan was to do a silly show. Do a silly show. To get carried on stage by a wrestler, and the show was going to be called Lil Key's Big Jokes, and it was just going to be daft. It's going to be the daftest show we could possibly create. Yeah. And then I, uh, that didn't happen. And then my third show, what I eventually did this year, was. Really fucking miserable. Actually, <laughs> it was a miserable show. It was, it was a good laugh, but it wasn't a fun show. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's that. That it's it's quite interesting that that changed direct that it changed direction for you. You know, that again, partly COVID, but personal things in happened in your life, and uh, yeah. you, you lost a good friend and the director of your show, Paul Byrne. Yeah, so he was the one I told yeah. I was going to. He, he was the one who wanted me get, to get me carried on stage every day by a wrestler. And uh, so I talk about that on stage and I say we had this, I made him this promise that I was going to do that. And obviously now that, because I talked about him passing away because he died in February in the show and my experience with grief and things like that. I told you it was miserable. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I say in the show, you know, it's, it's oh, bless you. Um, He's so allergic to seriousness. That yeah. Night. Well, <laughs> strap in. Get yourself a Pyroton because we're going for it. Um, but uh, I did say in the show, you know, getting carried on stage every day by a wrestler when your life is going well is a, is a lovely bit of fun. But getting carried on stage every day by a wrestler when your life is falling apart is a distress flare in the sky. <laughs> it's not quite the same. I come out crying. It looks yeah. like I've paid a big, strong man just to hold me. So she just needs somebody with her the whole time. So. I, I would pay to see that show, I have to say. So yeah. hope, hopefully it's in there. Um, but you did do a Radio 4 show during lockdown, right? Which I would, I've listened to, Are You a Boy or a Girl? Yes. Uh, which yeah. I used to do this morning. And it's, you know, it's nice for four 15-minute episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was really good fun because we did it in the BBC Radio Theatre. Yeah. But we did it with an audience on Zoom. Yeah. So I stood in an empty room and then we had live reactions from the... Like, they could see me and I could hear them and there was like only like a split second of a delay. So it was like doing a real gig, but they weren't there, which was really... It was very strange. Yeah. But good experience. Yeah. Uh, and so what was, the, what was... What would you say the... What was... What were you att- attempting to achieve with this with this show, Are You a Boy or a Girl? Was, I mean, there was quite, it was quite a... a Ambitious show for four, four, fifteen-minute pips up parts. I wanted it to be a, the show that somebody who is um, struggling with their gender identity could play to like their nan. Yeah. 
and be like, this, this is kind of what I'm going through. So very sort of entry-level explanation as to what it is to be like queer or non-binary or not necessarily identify with the gender that people have been telling you you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was very light-hearted and like fun yeah. and just very personal about my experience. Um, I'm, I'm trying to write a second series of it now. And let me tell you, in those the two years since we recorded that one, the conversation has really kicked off. Um, <laughs> people are more angry about it now. So I think the second series is going to have to be slightly more serious. Bless you. Um, <laughs> so, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But yes, yeah, so in, in the two years, I think, um, I think around mid-2020 was when um, uh, she who shall not be named um, started sort of popping off on Twitter about trans people. Sure. And she really sort of uh, lit the fire under the, um, the the horrible debate about it now. So yeah, it has the world has changed quite significantly since I recorded that first series of that podcast, sure. uh, that radio show. Um, so yeah, it's going to have to be. Uh, I, just, I can't make silly jokes about fannies anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have to say something fucking smart. So we'll dig deep. If you've got anything, um, <laughs> I haven't got. Let me know. I haven't got much. Uh, whenever I've. The only time I've entered this debate was to say, um, surely we should just call people whatever they want to be called. It's polite. That was oh. my that was my tweet. Richard, you and, can't say uh, that. Yeah. Oh, it was, it took don't about, tweet that. It took about twenty minutes for someone to accuse me of wanting to go into into a change room to look at teenage girls changing. As a result of that, so you're a rapist. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I'm keeping my I'm keeping stum about it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say a thing about it. I, I know Twitter is falling apart at the moment, but it's there, I don't think it's the best place for reasoned conversation. <laughs> is that a hot take? Should we call that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I've sort of tried, to, I've learned my lesson, I've been taught my lesson about uh, trying to, which is why having an opportunity to do things like a radio show and things like that is so lovely, is because you, you get to, nobody can interrupt me when I'm doing a radio show. Yes. I just get to say what I want to say and then put it out, and then the people who want to hear it can listen to it, and the people who don't want to hear it can listen to it and then they can tweet me um <laughs> but yeah so it's um but i think as you say in the in the show I mean, which i was sort of surprised because you grew up in the 1990s and the early 2000s and so you would kind of hope this wasn't true but you were but obviously it was true that there were the, 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 the on the media there wasn't anyone you could really identify with as a as a kid that felt like you on tv no no i, I say in the radio show that when i was a, when i was a kid the only lesbian i knew of was joe brand and She's not a lesbian. So <laughs> she, she just had the haircut. So I didn't know about anybody at all. Like I had no, there was no, and I kind of, I, I, I missed the whole sort of Ellen DeGeneres thing. I wasn't really in touch with the, what was going on in America and stuff. So yeah. I didn't tune into any of it. I felt very, very isolated and alone when I was a teenager. And obviously teenagers now, like with, the, the positive thing about social media is that you can find, you can live in the smallest town in the smallest place and, and you can find your community online. You can, I could have gone online and Googled queer people or masculine women or whatever and seen these pictures and videos and podcasts of people talking about those experiences, whereas I just hadn't, I, you know, I had no idea. I thought I was the only gay person in the world living in Nottingham. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm just, you're just going to have to dig deep and pretend this isn't happening. And um, and it's so it's really nice to just be able to like 
counteract that in some way and be a part of you know, positive getting messages from people saying like I, this this radio show has been really influential to me and i've come out to my family or i've played it to my mom or i've played it to my grandma and it's been really useful it's just so it's so nice and if i'd had that when i was younger it would have cleared up a lot of stuff yeah i don't remember the first time i heard about i think the first time i sort of saw like a gay storyline on anything was probably sonia's kiss on eastenders and that didn't go well. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but it was not well received for her. Um, I think she was she was called some names. Right. Um, so I wasn't sort of sat watching EastEnders with my mum thinking, this is this is going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, you know, I think things have moved on in, in the comedy world, at least. You know, it does feel like that now, you know, there's, we're getting a, a certain like female voices, which is which is like ridiculous. But like in, when I was starting in the 1990s, there would have been you know Joe Brand and a few other women, yeah. and now it feels like we there's a much broader range of types of people and types of experience, and yes. and it's a welcoming environment. Hopefully, mainly. Now. Yeah, definitely. I think it is. I think that there is there's some forces trying to drag us back a little bit at the moment. I think there's a, there's some stuff online where people are trying to kind of that's the that's the flip side of the internet is that yeah. anybody can say anything about anything but the, yeah the comedy industry is definitely better but it's weird um i said i've said this before on other things but like when i started doing stand-up i identified as a lesbian comedian i don't necessarily identify with being female in any way but i was like i'm a lesbian comedian and i thought that a lot of the sort of legwork of gay rights and things like that and and being representing lesbians had been done you know i was coming like hot off the heels of Susie Ruffle, Jen Brister, Zoe Lyons, they were all working and uh, I didn't feel like I was being particularly groundbreaking in, in being a lesbian comedian. Whereas now I'm a, I'm a non-binary comedian and I'm having to do a bit of fucking introducing myself to people <laughs> and I didn't want to do that. I, did, I, I, I didn't want to be a sort of a, a leader or, or anything like that. I just, yeah. I just wanted to come out and tell some jokes and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm having to kind of be one of the, f- the first to come out and say, yeah, this is, this is who I am and this is how I identify, which is really fucking annoying. <laughs> but I think, you know, it is, it is important to do it. And, it, you know, as you realise for people come, you know, the, I think a lot of younger people do listen to comedy and are really into comedy. I think it's so helpful when, when that yeah. sort of thing is put out there. But I think exactly what this, what I think what is great about the, the Radio 4 show is exactly that, that it's, that you could play it to your nan and that it, it hopefully explains some of it. Because I think most people are just sort of confused. Older people, I think, of which maybe I'm one, uh, are, you know, are just confused by things changing they it's don't like very, the change it's very confusing and i say this in the in the radio show it's such it's so confusing if you spend your entire life being told you know that this is the, uh, men are men and women are women and you grow up and those are the ideals that you've been brought up and then somebody turns around and goes actually the, the information that you've been given your entire life is not true and if you don't understand that immediately you're a bigot that's not going to get a positive response from anybody no. so i say you know it is it is confusing and i don't think we should expect anybody to get you know to get it straight away, but just being open-minded to having a conversation about it rather than going, well, that's a load of snowflake nonsense. <laughs> is, that's not helpful in any way. Yeah. Um, but I've, I'm a firm believer that comedy is just such a massive, it's such a useful tool for, for gently educating people. So I'm like, if I can be making people laugh, 
and they go, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's that's easier and more manageable than just sending somebody a long read and being like, check this out and then understand me, please. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Yeah. And I think, but it's also just if you know, people don't. I think people live in their little bubbles and they've not necessarily met anybody uh, from that community. Yeah. And so just by just by having someone there going, oh, okay, this is just a, this is a regular person. And what I think is interesting about that, the Radio 4 thing as well, is, you know, you're talking about your experience as being a teenager and being confused and lonely and, and not fit, feeling like you're not fitting in. But, you know, most people will identify with that. Not from, men. From, no. from some degree. Men never feel that way. No? Okay. Yeah. Boys don't. <laughs> Boys just feel happy the whole time and then they're happy men. Yeah. That's, then, yeah. That's, that's me, obviously. Uh, men, but... yeah, men, men never feel sad. <laughs> Do they? That's what I've heard. That's why I want to be one. <laughs> Chasing the happiness. <laughs> Um, look, let's. Uh, oh, look. I've, well, I've, really, I've, I've loved you on uh, roast battle, and I know the the relationship you you had on roast battle is is now broken up. Yeah. But you, you did a very funny thing on roast battle. Yeah, it's awkward now, isn't it? Though <laughs> it is a bit awkward. It's now. awkward now. Yeah, because at the time it was a joke. Yeah, now it's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a. I I, um, I went on a roast battle in twenty. 15, 2016, right. uh, with my partner at the time, who's also a comedian, and um, we uh, we did plan it together. I did. So, so she did know it was going to happen. It was because uh, some people are like genuinely shocked by the it's brutality very, of it. It's well acted, uh, though. She, she acted it incredibly yeah. well. Yeah, and I think she was mildly, mildly offended that people didn't know she was acting. <laughs> she wanted people to know that she was such a good actor that she sort of wanted to tweet, like, this is my show, put it on a showreel or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but I, um, I, I, at the end, I did a fake proposal, um, uh, sort of said, did a big long speech about queer representation and how special it is that, you know, I know this is a roast show, but it's really special that two queer women can be on TV at the same time. And then I got down on one knee and said, I will never marry you. Um, this is a roast show. It, it was funny. People laughed. Um, <laughs> you, you feeling the awkwardness now as well. Um, but it was it was planned together. So yeah. she yeah she did know what was going to happen. But that was um, that was that was it was a good that was my first television ex- experience oh, yeah. actually yeah. And that um, that did kind of do the rounds online. Still does the rounds online. Yeah, it's well, um, it's a really good bit of TV. I mean, I kind of I was on roast battle and you know I kind of it's sort of a weird show because there is an element of subdiffusion you know you've you've checked with each other whether you're sort of happy well, with some stuff. people didn't that's the right. crazy thing about that show is that there are some roasts where they just went off and wrote their own stuff right. whereas i mean i was literally sat next to my partner writing them at the table <laughs> and so we were like well let's just plan it like, like choreograph it like, yeah. let's put two minds on this and, and write a, a great roast um which i think made it more fun as well because everything we said was consensual and i found it funny and she found it funny whereas some of them you watch them and you're like i don't know if anybody's having a good time (laughs) (laughs) yeah well it's finished now yeah it is finished yeah um and you you've done a lot of the tv things so were you on the last ever mock the week or you were on one of the later the the last series last series yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i did it last november i think yeah yeah how how did it's i was watching the best of of it i think you've cropped up on that and it was It was, uh, you know, I haven't watched Mock of the Week for ages, and it was really, I mean, it was the best of, but it was really funny. This is, it was good, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was a good show. I yeah. think it was, especially when it started getting newer, I think like it got a bit stultified, and then they started bringing on newer comedians. 
Isn't and it? it completely changed. It sort of the tone of it changed quite a lot. It's a real shame because the best, bit, well, some of the best bits of that show are the sort of stand-up bits. I yeah. think like you, this, this panel show format is is done in quite a lot of different places. But the actual platform for stand-up, there's not many platforms for UK stand-ups on television. There's Live at the Apollo, and then there's those two-minute bits on Mock the Week. And that's, yeah, yeah. When we get occasional shows and things, but yeah, I thought it was it was, it was cool. And the nice thing is that they let the new people do the stand-up so that was my one and only appearance on mark the week and they let me do the two minutes of stand-up which yeah. meant that people actually i, I definitely got some air time yes yeah um but it was yeah it was great yeah i it was, enjoyed it it's it very funny i watched it, it was, the, is, was that the stand-up about you have a very good joke about um lot your parents being married for 40 years yeah 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 uh, and i talk about my mum's boobs yeah your mum's boobs that's very good you'll so. yeah, you'll, uh, well, yeah you'll relate to yeah um I don't think it's, we can it's really... A, it's a cancer I joke. More I don't than think it, yeah. you can compare breasts, and, but I don't think a breast is anywhere near as important as a testicle. Okay, well, this is, this is the new uh, what's been more painful, being kicked in the balls or having a baby uh, argument. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. No, mom, I think, honestly, losing a, te- losing a testicle, if you have to get cancer... Get, get some testicles and then have, get it in your Drop testicle. a testicle, did you yeah. say? Yeah, I guess the you can't... But the only thing is she could have a reconstructed breast, whereas I guess you can't have a reconstructed testicle. I, they, they offer you a prosthetic. Do they? Yeah. But, God, um, you didn't go for it. I didn't. I'm, I'm proud of what I am. Yeah. Do you feel slightly off balance? <laughs> it's, uh, it's settled in the middle, so I'm... Oh, yeah, has it? Yeah. This is a real education for me, because yeah. I, wouldn't, I would never have guessed that. I figured it would have just hung by itself. Yeah. Um, well, that's nice. My mum... Did your mum set? Did your mum settle in the middle? Didn't that? Didn't, well, no, because she had one bit, but so that probably kept it. But I, I imagine it would have migrated over. Yeah, it. Some, my mum called me today and said, uh, "I hear you're doing a show with Richard Herring tonight." <laughs> she said, "I heard him on the radio the other day talking about his book and his balls." <laughs> <laughs> so she'll be pleased to get a little look in today. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, she. Uh, I had a joke about my. Yeah, my parents were married for, for forty. For now, we're probably nearing fifty years. Right. Because that's how time works, isn't it? It is. It does. Keeps, keeps going. Um, but yeah, they, they're going to have. They've, they've been married a very long time. Um, it is, but it's. Yeah. I think you're right. You sort of argue that um, the, the secret of a long marriage is for one of the people to give in. The weakest one must give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I think yeah. that's that's. And I think it's very true. I, yeah, I think so. You have to. You can't have two opinions in one place. <laughs> so somebody's got to back down eventually. If you want to, if you want to be together for that long, I think. And my dad, I think my dad has kind of tapped out. You know. Yeah. He's walking around and he's talking, but he's gone. It's, it's usually the dad. I think it will be. I th- I've only been married for ten years, and you're still both fighting your corner at uh, ten years. Mm, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think within another two or three, I'll give in. Yeah, I can see it. I can yeah. see it's leaving you actually. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's just easier. One testicle's already given up. It's just easier. (laughs) (laughs) Just bit by bit, I'm escaping. It's It's like dropping off. This uh, this could have been a way to escape from a prisoner of war camp when it just bit by bit, (laughs) one bollocks out, and then yeah, like the hands of the Adams family. (laughs) Eventually, all gets posted home, put back together again. Let me ask you some emergency questions to get us off cancer. I've, oh, I've written a new emergency question, and it doesn't matter if you've got a good uh, answer to it because the question is so funny. <laughs> but if you have got a good question to answer to it, that'll be good. As a child, I worried about doing stuff like picking my nose and playing with myself in case I was to grow up to be a hugely important historical figure and time-travelling tourists might come back to see my childhood to find out what I was like. Not as funny as I thought it was going to be. 
What was the most ridiculous slash narcissistic thing you believed of yourself as a child? Um, this is not necessarily something I believe, but in terms of narcissism, I've had times in my... This is, it sounds quite dark, but I do think... It's, I've tried to do stand-up about this and it's never worked, but, but I do think it's quite funny. Is that um, I have had times in my life when I felt very sad and very depressed. And, um, but this is the sort of thing I think I'm... I'm I'm a sort of very depressive narcissist, and there've been times when I've thought, like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I want to, you know, end it all. Um, and then I've thought, is there any way I can do stand up at my own funeral? <laughs> <laughs> can I pre-record it? Yeah. Anyway, because I don't like the idea of other people getting to talk, <laughs> you know. And what a gig it would be! It'd be a great crowd, wouldn't it? I'd, it would. It'd be, it'd be the gig of my life. Well, not, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, they'd, they'd be on side for that last show. It'd just yeah. be a shame that I couldn't be there. The drinks afterwards and everything. It'd be... I think I bet, someone's, I bet someone has recorded some, something, and I bet it was a stand-up comedian uh, who will have done it. It is a good idea. I mean, you said, and this, is, this is sort of does go back to what we were just saying, but you said in the Garden interview, I think, when bad things happen, there's a lot of comedy if, if you look in the right places. So it, Definitely. So, you know, I think yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, my friend Paul, Paul Byrne, yeah. um, his, he, his, he was cremated, and when his body was committed, he got to choose the song, and he, put, he, put, he chose Burn Baby Burn, <laughs> Disco Inferno. So yeah. um, it's just incredible. It's amazing. And it's a, it's a pun as well, because his name's Burn. So uh, it's, it's two jokes in one. <laughs> he really went out swinging, which is was very, very... And the laughter in, in that uh, uh, crematorium was unbelievable. It was very, very funny. Um, so I do think it's a good, it's ample opportunity for jokes. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah. a funeral, you know, but that it is that mix. You know, a funeral is the, you know, you want to be able to laugh, and funny things do happen at funerals, and people do laugh. Yeah. Uh, some sometimes inadvertently, sometimes planned, but it's it's you know it's sort of it's necessary, isn't it, to to be able to. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to write about this at the moment because my my as I say, my mum and dad have been together for a very long time, um, but when so they got married in their early 20s but then they didn't have me and my brother till they were like in their 40s oh really right. uh, so all of my aunts and uncles my dad is the youngest of five all of my aunts and uncles are sort of el- elderly now yeah um and we uh, two two of my uncles died in the same week right um just before the edinburgh fringe um it was a duel um <laughs> and uh And it's really, and we're all very sad about it. But I also think it's it's quite funny, <laughs> in that we went to the same crematorium twice. Into when we left the first funeral, the woman at the crematorium said, "See you soon," <laughs> and she was right. We were going back, and you started to think, you know, my dad asked if they do loyalty cards. <laughs> it's that sort of thing where you're like, "This is ridiculous," and we are we are going to keep having to come back and do this, and we might as well laugh about the absurdity of the situation yeah because otherwise it's just fucking shit so i think so but also you know presumably that's helpful if you are having those dark thoughts about yourself and then you manage to find a, some humor in that you're hopefully that will help you move yeah. away from the dark thoughts right i mean it's very comforting that's... that i think so highly of myself that i you know that i think it'd be such a shame <laughs> to not be at that party <laughs> that i then don't kill myself yeah, yeah. right <laughs> I feel like I'm merely I mean, misrepresenting just, myself right now. You, you could just do the funeral before you could. You could kill yourself at the end of the funeral. I could. You could yeah. be alive in the what coffin and, and yeah. then go into the crematorium. And then alive. Go, you have to promise me you won't do a second funeral. <laughs> just die at the funeral, and so then they can bury you. 
Yeah. Or they could just bury you alive. This is, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> then then everyone's happy. I think we lost them at that oh, point. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> just heard one person go, oh, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. For yeah. God's sake, I'm just trying to help this yeah. person Come on. achieve their ambition. That's, is that so bad? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, I'll, do, I'll ask another emergency question. Let's see if this one goes dark as well. And this, this one's got to be fine. I'll try and keep it light. We'll go, we'll go, this one's got to be fine. What's the worst cheese that you'd still be prepared to eat? Oh, I'd, do you okay. like cheese? Do you eat cheese? Do, a lot of cheese, yeah. Okay. I recently got back into Baby Bells. Okay. Um, and I'd just been in Paris, and obviously France famed famed for its cheese. And um, I bought <laughs> the only cheese I bought was one of those fuck off massive Baby Bells. <laughs> <laughs> just ate it on a street corner. Um, I haven't seen there was a full. How big? How big's a big Baby like, Bell? Um, hold on, I put this like. Uh, right. Okay. So it's a sort of size of. Really uh, yeah. my, my testicle before it got taken out. Uh, was it that big? No. It was, it was, oh, okay. It was, six, it was six centimetres long. So it was probably that, that high. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, so, yeah. So, about, yeah, about, that's... that's a, about a swollen testicle's one, worth of cheese. One cancerous testicle worth yeah. of baby bell. In fact, um, maybe I should have put wrapped it in wax. That would have been great. Would have been nice, that is one of my favourite bits, the unwrapping. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we do that pre-surgery. So you ra- unwrapped it and just ate it a whole a, a, a large baby bell tennis ball sized baby bell let's say um in one sitting no 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 no, no. two two sittings <laughs> two did sittings. you have some bread with it or did you just eat it like an apple oh it was it was yeah it was just i unwrapped it and sort of ate it like um like i suppose like a sandwich yeah you know, like when you've got half in foil um my girlfriend was there as well and she helped um, okay. We ate it together. There's a picture on my Instagram actually well, of the two of us with it. It's much more romantic now. So I just yeah. didn't know the idea of you eating a giant she, baby bell on your own. She ate one half and I ate the other, and we met in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've also, I've, I've recently, um, my girlfriend is a celiac. 
And so the usual snacks that I would be my go-tos have all changed in the last couple of years. So I've um, I, I've also found myself eating a cheese string every now and again. Okay, yeah. somebody, a gasp, somebody just gasped at that, uh, which I would argue is probably one of the worst cheeses. Um, yeah, I think it is. It's more of a toy, isn't it, a cheese string? Have you ever eaten a cheese string without pulling the string off? Have you ever just eaten it? As a piece of cheese. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it? It's just really fucked up. Because <laughs> it it's actually really good fun to peel the cheese off, and that is worth doing. But if you just eat it like a blob of cheese... That's the only selling point of that cheese, actually, <laughs> I think. If you, eat it like, if you just eat it like cheese, it's not cheese, I don't think. It's plastic. Yeah. Good, but you'd eat one of those, so that's the answer yeah, to the question. Good. That's, good, that's a good answer. I'd eat one right now. Um... You, you won't have an answer for this. This is a terrible question, but this is another one from my personal... They're all from my personal experience. I lost my glasses for 10 months and then found them on my tiny bedside table, which is weird because it's right by my bed. My wife had found them in the bed and then put them there. That's in the happened. bed? Yeah, they were in, un, inside underneath the bed, like oh, right. between the mattress. Okay. What's the weirdest way that you have found something that you thought was lost? Absolutely impossible question. Um, I'm Terrible. Not, I'm not sure. In terms of losing glasses, I'm I put things down in the flat and then I I but I don't remember them. Yeah. I, blo- I block it out in my head. Um, and I've got a real habit of when I go and wash my face in the bathroom, I put my um, glasses on a bag of sanitary towels. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I lose my glasses for about a day. And my girlfriend now knows to go and check the sanitary towel bag <laughs> to see whether or not my glasses just, are in there. And usually they are. It's full of glasses. But we had a real glasses loss mystery the other day. Okay. Um, and I, I'm going to tell this, and I don't think it's going to be a good story. So I'll just say that in advance. Okay. Um, I mean, it's unlikely that this question would lead somewhere. So I'm really impressed. We've got and more than a second of I think conversation. I, might, of I this. might actually deliver it like a mystery and then see okay. if anybody can guess what happened. So okay. my, we went out for a walk, and my girlfriend left her phone and the, her glasses on top of a notebook on our table. And when we came back, the glasses were gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wasn't that unexpected, given the build-up to the story. Someone's uh, very invested in this. Yeah, and uh, we, we couldn't find them anywhere at all. We, we went for a walk, she wore her prescription sunglasses on this walk, and then she needed them when we got back, and we couldn't find them, and we searched the whole... Flat. We were looking everywhere, and and we, and we couldn't we couldn't find them at all. Okay. Uh, to the point where I was starting to think that somebody had broken into the flat, taken just her glasses, <laughs> and then left again. Yeah. C- can anybody hazard a guess as as what had happened? They weren't on her head. Do you, no. do you have a pet of some kind? No, we don't have a pet. Yes. The, the phone, phone vibrated. vibrated and it vibrated them off the table and under the sofa. And unfortunately, my girlfriend had been the one to check under the sofa and she wasn't wearing her glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so about an hour and a half later, I checked under the sofa and there they were. Wow, that is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But the get... moment she said to me, because she hadn't told me that they were on the, 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 the notebook, she hadn't told me where they were. Yeah. The moment she said they were next to my phone, yeah. I went, they've been vibrated off the table. That is like so Hercule yeah. Poirot level stuff. That is, it is. Just to get that. So I made everyone gather in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll go cla- classic emergency question. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, no, I don't okay. think so. Could have been the glasses. Yeah. So did, you, did you consider a ghost before you thought about the phone going? 
that a ghost had come <laughs> and taken the glasses. It's a, I'm, sh- I'm ashamed to say it crossed my mind because <laughs> you don't, you don't. I'm, also, I think there's. I, I don't really believe in ghosts, but no, then they're um, not real. But I think, I think there might be somebody living in my wall or something. Yeah, that's more likely. Because I keep there's a cigarette smell that keeps wafting through my spare room. This sounds like a ghost. And I can't work out the source. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten to the point where, because I've started asking my neighbours if anybody smokes, and they're all, the, the likelihood is that they're lying. Um, but I, I have gotten to the point of sort of strange, this is, if this would be like a film about somebody descending into madness, where I, I've started to think that maybe somebody is living in the walls. Yeah. Um, Does happen. It's not an answer to your question, but it is. No, it is. I think, I think you've story. got a ghost. I think you think you've never seen a ghost, but there's only one explanation for that. And it's, yeah. That is definitely a ghost. I think so. So that, there you <laughs> Thanks go. Thanks for believing me. <laughs> um, I, you have a podcast. I don't know if you're still doing it. it was, the last one was just before Edinburgh uh, called Thank Fuck for That. Yes. You still, is. is that still going yes, on? Yes, we started it back up. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's uh, you and... Uh, Mickey Overman. Yeah, who's a Dutch comedian. She's right? f- yes, very funny. Yeah. yeah. No, I like her. She does very funny things on social media. Yeah, she does. She does videos. great videos. They're, they're, they're very intelligent and I, I, I think they're very impressive. Good. Because I, I, I don't do anything like that. Okay. Yeah. I was interested, the uh, image you've used for your podcast is a parody of the Sliding Doors poster with yeah. you, you on the top and Mickey on the... What what made you choose the sliding doors? Uh, so poster? so the podcast is called Thank Fuck for That, and we ask people about um, like near miss, sort of near death experiences, okay. and then we also ask them for a sliding doors moment. Okay, um, but it mostly it just got started because we we both like the film Sliding Do Doors. You. Do you like it? But but we, I've now since I've watched it recently, and and it's not aged well. Is this, <laughs> is, this is, is, is there a running joke about sliding doors in this podcast? Because th- there's somebody laughing very yeah, um, we, I knowingly. Don't, I don't really like sliding doors very much. You don't like the film? Yes, I would say that I don't like the entire film. I think it's a good concept, and now <laughs> now I think it has been executed incredibly badly. <laughs> and I think it's really telling that the, my resounding memory from it is that in one of them she gets a bad haircut, yeah, and in the other one she has she she has bad hair, and it's it's sort of about two timelines in which one woman needs a new hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a more interesting film. Yeah, <laughs> it's it it. It felt like now I because I watched I did watch yeah. it again recently before we before we did this podcast yeah. and I was really excited and I made my partner watch it because she'd never seen it and I was like it's a brilliant film it's such a clever idea and then we sat down and watched it and I was like this is such a clever idea that has <laughs> been handled so wrong in every way yeah um, I think you're exactly right that's the, that is, is it a can of worms to ask you um, yeah. what 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 makes you feel the way you feel. <sighs> I mean, all of it. It's just hard. I mean, uh, this the people in the room have, have heard all of it. Yeah. I mean, my most my most recent observation about it is that uh, the thing that changes her destiny is not the sliding doors of the train. Uh, she comes down the stairs, and in one reality, a girl with drops a doll, and she has to go round the girl, and that's why she misses the train. And in the other reality, she, she yanked, doesn't. The child's so it should be called child, child, drop, child dropping a. Or a doll. Yeah. Should be a, it's a child dropping a doll moment. Should isn't it? be called move your fucking kids. <laughs> so that's a, that's just the start. A little less poetic though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And you know, and if one thing changed in the universe, if we change one thing now between here and now, everything would change. 
But in this, in this universe, even though John Hannah's on the train with her, uh, he still turns up at the bar at exactly the same time in both realities. It would, his whole reality would have changed as a result of her being on the train or not being on the train. So he wouldn't arrive at the bar at the exact same moment with the exact same conversation. His life bit, has already changed. It's just a bit of fun, though, isn't it, Richard? Yeah, That's it's also, it's not. It's not. It's not a bit of fun. fun There's fun no fun in there. It's nice to what about, speculate about these things. Isn't what it? about? You know, when you stay with your partner, you go, "Oh, you know, if we hadn't met when we met, do you think we would have found each other in a different way?" <laughs> you it's wouldn't. Just, have you done. know, no, we might have done. No, you wouldn't. We might have done. <laughs> change done. one thing, everything changes. Life is ext- what, very, very change, random. Well, you change one thing and everything changes, but that yeah. happens to mean that, like, because, you know, uh, my partner and I have been friends for 10 years, but if we had, didn't meet in the way we met 10 years ago, what's to say that changes everything, that we didn't all happen to both be in Barcelona at some point? Yeah, you might I've have never met. been to Barcelona. That, you know, you change everything. She's never been to Barcelona. What if it means that in our lifetime we ended up in Barcelona at the same time we happened to fall in love there? Yeah, that could have happened. Thank you. <laughs> In a, Do you, I get this podcast now? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah. In an infinite yeah. universe, uh, you know, you'll you'll get together your partner infinite times in infinite different places. Yeah. But equally, you'll get together with everybody else in the entire world. So be warned. <laughs> <laughs> Including loads of people who didn't get bored. Because, like, even if, you know... like Not everyone. No, because, you know, if your parents didn't have sex at the exact moment they had sex and the sperm that created you didn't get through out the 600 million sperm, you'd be a different person. Yeah, but don't you think that's fascinating? I do. I, that's, what, that's what I'd like to see explored in Sliding Doors. Yeah. So a completely different... Long film, though, isn't it? <laughs> and they'd need to go close up on the spunk. Yeah. Well. I mean, John Hannah's spunk. Yeah. Going into... Gwyneth Paltrow's lovely smelling vagina. (laughs) Shouting, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, that's my problem. My main problem is I don't think any woman in the history of the world has got off with a man who's just quoted the the Spanish... No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Her whole life has fallen apart. You have to understand (laughs) that. She's not sort of a sound mind in that moment. Is she? She had a really bad haircut. As yeah, well, I've, been so. un- I've, been, I've been unfair so to Joey from Bread. Her self-esteem is low. I have been unfair to Joey from Bread. Okay, that's fine. It's good. It, I listened a bit of the podcast and I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. But you know, but think again about your pictorial choices <laughs> and your life. I thought you were going to ask me. I thought you were going to ask me why Mickey was on the bottom and I was on the top. Yeah, why is Mickey on the bottom and you're on the top? She made the picture. <laughs> and she put me on top. That's nice. Yeah. I think it was a politeness thing. I think okay. if I'd made the picture, I'd have put her on top. Okay. Is that not a sliding doors moment? <laughs> would that have changed everything, do you think? You could just turn the picture the other way up. But then the writing would be the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some... A, a graphic design expert could probably find some way around that. Yeah, no, I reckon so. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Mickey's a graphic design expert. Okay. Let's leave it the way it is. Yeah, we will. Why don't we do have two universes... If we could just split the universe and I could show you how things would change. If we could split it and one, one universe it's the right way up and the other way it's the wrong way up. Yeah. And then you would see what, what effect Well, that's you a movie we world. should make, shouldn't we? That'd be a good one. <laughs> In a different universe, there'd be a different podcast that's slagging off our <laughs> logo alternative reality film. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any difference. It'd all be the same. Um, all right, I'm going to go back to emergency questions. Uh, you know, it's a good idea. Have the we sliding... had a row now? If we yeah, I think we've argument. had a row. I think we've yeah. fallen out. Um, 
if you uh, were going to be put in a human centipede, <laughs> but the person uh, who was doing it was nice and said, I'll let you choose who's... Uh, you're in the middle. I'll let you choose who's on either end. Do you, Do you think that's nice? It's, you know, it's nicer than not letting you choose, isn't it? I don't think I'd want the choice. Okay. If it's going to happen, just send anyone in. <laughs> okay. Because then they... it's weird, isn't it? Like, if I pick a mate, <laughs> we're not going to be friends after that, are we? No. So do, I can choose anyone? You can choose anyone. One's in front and one's behind. So one, you're, you're attached to... Your mouth's attached to their anus and then I someone behind you. most people, when answering this question, try and think of the person who would have the... Most the cleanest, most nutritious shit. They do. A lot of people do think about that. Who would that person be for you? Because you know, I think all shit's pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, and no, I'm not saying I've had good shit. I'm, not saying, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember when the best shit I've eaten is. Um, it's a real know. sliding doors moment. This is a sliding doors moment. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Um, what have you eaten today? Um, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't <laughs> put me anywhere. You, would, you don't know what's... It's awful what's coming out of me. Well, this is interesting, isn't it? Because you want to pick somebody clean, very relatively sort of clean eating at, at, in front of you. But then you can pick the worst person in the world. You can yeah. pick an enemy. Exactly. But, but would you want your enemy's mouth on your anus? Yeah. That's, you would. That really would. That'd you be would. exciting. Oh, I'd like anyone's mouth on my anus at my age. Yeah. And nobody's. I'd like anybody's my mouth on my end. No one's. I'm 55. No one's getting close to that anymore. You don't want it sewn on, though, do you? <laughs> well, it's something. <laughs> Some human contacts. <laughs> well, okay. Well, if you put it like that, I, suppose, I don't know. Because you, you, what you're thinking about is in terms of like quality. It's nice to just spend time with people, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Maybe a friend of mine I haven't seen in a few years or something. Um, <laughs> Uh, I got a mate that's living in Australia. So yeah, <laughs> so perhaps she I, I, shit in my mouth. Are you just thinking in a way of saving some airfare? Yeah, to meet up is like surprise, good. surprise. But yeah, well, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. You can uh, the scientists will fly you over. There's one, one yeah. little catch. It's a good excuse to spend some time together. <laughs> but we yeah. will be to- for free. We'll be yeah. together. <laughs> just the idea of oh, but you know, come on over. Yeah, you will have your mouth attached to my anus. Yes, what do you mean you're this not is coming? a great idea. Yeah. Also, because I know lots of people who, when they do sort of long-haul flights or go to different places, they don't ship for a few days. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. Get them up front. I'll choose my friend who's, who lives in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping they'll be... Have a, and it'd be uh, lovely be to see them. Yeah. To see them. Yeah, ideally my constipated... My friend who's been on a long-haul flight who's only eaten the sort of horrible aeroplane yeah. food and things like that. Because also, you know, what really is that? That'd probably be still intact by the time it gets to me. <laughs> now you're disgusted. I um, think at worst it'll just be like eating a, a cheese string that you haven't pulled the strings yes, off. Yes, that's true. And Do you think you'd be able to... If your mouth was sewn to your friend's anus... They'd obviously be able to talk because their mouth is through it. Do you think you'd be able to communicate? And do you think maybe that... Because I don't know whether you'd be able... It's hard to know, isn't it? But maybe just by... They'd the vibrations it. would be enough to... Because you know, like, if you put your fingers in your ear and talk, you can still hear your, yourself. Like you're underwater, yeah. yeah. So do you think you're suggesting that they would be able to hear or sort of intuit what I'm saying I think it might sort of like... through the vibrations 
up up their anal cavity. Yeah, I think it might be like uh, two tins with a string in between. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be. Um, yeah, I imagine so. It's never, we've never gone this deep into this question before. I have to say. Well, we have gone mostly very, people very just, deep. Most um, people just pick a couple of names pick and move on as quickly as possible. But it's much better by. Uh, How by long are you sewn in for? Or is it? A, I mean, I think until you, I, I think it's until uh, death or rescue. Oh right, okay. You know, I don't think. I mean, right. I don't know because you've still got your. I mean, I've never seen the film. It sounds disgusting to me. No, I, I've it never. Doesn't appeal it doesn't sound to me. unpleasant. Yeah. It's a very unpleasant idea. I, I wouldn't even like to talk about it, let alone watch. It. Yeah. But if you got your arms, you got your hands free. Presumably, you could just get some scissors and cut a bit of. I can't imagine. They've if you got had their hands to free, free your mouth from the anus of your friend, mm. would you cut off your lips or would you cut off their anus? Well, I'd obviously cut off their anus. Okay, yeah. But then again, that's rude, isn't it? They've travelled all this way. <laughs> um, I don't know, mate. Uh, it's, it's... Maybe did one of each. No, because then I'd still be... <laughs> half an anus and half a lip. So you, would, I, you'd have half, I... you could have one a lower lip and a top lips and anus. But then do I have to half live the rest anus. of my life with their anus on my lips? I mean, that possibly, but probably the hospital would sort that out. Oh, OK. If you escape, you know. I, you know, it's... It's a hypothetical question in some way. But it is worth thinking about. <laughs> it is worth... It's good to have a plan. It's worth working out what you're going to do. Um, I've got <laughs> another emergency question for you. Doing well. Uh, if you could go into a chrysalis, dissolve and come out as anything, that's what a caterpillar does when it comes out as a butterfly. Does it I'm letting you... Yeah. No. Didn't you even know that? Dissolves. Well, that's what uh, Jos Norris told me, and I believed him. Uh, it dissolves, but it still remembers everything it did as a caterpillar, but then it turns into a butterfly. Doesn't really that bit isn't important. If you could go into chrysalis and come out as anything, what would you come out as? Your lost testicle. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be very famous. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. No. Um, what would I, is, that's a good question. It is, isn't it? If I could be anything in the whole world, could be anything. It could be you, just transformed. It could be any. It could be a different thing than you. I'm just trying to get into your head and find out. I What's think going on? I'd be one of those. Um, there was a video of a guy at a baseball game, and um, so they let go of the bat, and it flies into the audience. And he he's so fucking masculine that he pushes his hand arm out and stops it from hitting his son yeah. just with his arm. Yeah, I'd be that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's the kind of masculine I want to be. Okay. And then I want, I want to be that guy specifically who has that video because then I just show that at like every funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and at his funeral, if it's your funeral, people could throw bats at the My coffin. Yeah. yeah. You could try and catch them. Yeah. That's in- but see, that's interesting. Out of all the things you could have picked in the world, what an interesting thing to. to I don't choose. know why I thought about that. Yeah, it's, but that's why. That's, that's not why... correct as well. That's not true. No. You know, like if I. If, if you gave me a chance to think about it differently. I wouldn't. I don't even know that man. Uh, um, but so see, what's interesting is that what comes up straight away. Yeah, it's an interesting idea about masculinity. I mean, how many men uh, really like that? I think, you know, I'd I'm, like, fascin- I'd like I'm to, fascinated I'd... by by the concept by, by these concepts that all this throws up, right? And that spectrum of of gender and a psychiatrist could do something with that. I think. Yeah, I'd like to be. I'd like to have like good. Um, like m- instincts. Yeah. I don't think I have good instincts. Should, like if something yeah, but I'm a man something and goes wrong quickly. 
I don't have good... In- I'm, I'm not... No, but that's in- why I want to be that one. I know, that's yeah, not why I said I want to be you. I like, <laughs> but yeah. I'm still technically, even though I've only got one bollock, I'm still technically a, ma- a male. Yeah, I am finding you more attractive these days. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... 50% more. Just my... I figure if I'm halfway between, I've got more chance yeah, of attracting yeah. either side over. That's, that's, that's true. That's, that's, that's my point. That's plan. why you mentioned it so much. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's interesting because I would like to be that. I would like to be a, a man who's able to save a child from getting smashed in the face yeah, with a baseball bat. Yeah, I guess bat. it's, not, it's not specific to men, really, is it? I just want... Because there's lots of women who have this as well. There's lots of, you know, lots of people who have this instinct where it's just like something happens and like something flies at your head and you yeah. catch it or you like... I want to... Because I I don't I have very strange instincts where I flail about or I'm not I I, I tap out a lot in my head my I was on the Eurostar yesterday and I was trying to put milk in two teas and I was so tired that I was tearing open these packets of milk and just squirting the milk into the bin <laughs> and this French man was just watching me do it and I looked up and realised I'd been doing it and I was so embarrassed and I thought that man with the baseball bat would never have done this <laughs> um, and I, did, I had to ask for more milk because I'd yeah. put it all in the bin um, and I guess I just I want to just be one of those people who sort of seems to be a bit more capable of things yeah you know I want you know I mean start small don't don't put milk in the bin I reckon you can manage that you'd just, think I, but... I think just you really concentrate just next time you have milk and don't put it in the bin. Yeah, it's a waste That's of a milk. Start. Just work your way up gradually to these things. Don't go straight to trying to catch a baseball, a baseball bat. bat that's flying at a child's head. No, don't don't do that first. Don't volunteer. <laughs> We're going to throw this baseball bat at this child's head. Who wants to stop it? I won't, I won't put my hand up just yet. Um, but yeah, that's. I think it's, it's interesting, isn't that? Isn't it? It's, I think I, it is very interesting. I, I, you know, you see those videos of people being like jump scared and they just punch the person in the face. Yes. I want to be that. I want to. <laughs> I want to punch a clown in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dream I think you can live that dream no well, I won't do it I won't do it if somebody makes me jump I run <laughs> which is a good instinct I suppose it's better than it like is. I don't know just lying down but I, I well, it's better than punching the clown because the clown might punch you back because the clown is still a human being underneath and once punched no. may punch back I suppose uh, right. so running I think running is, is a very good instinct that's true to have that would be my survival the advice people tell me that these instincts change when they have children as well yeah. and so when you would have run you'd now i think it was, i was about to, i thought i was about to say one of my friends was saying but i actually think it was an interview with blake lively okay. um to, we're not mates um <laughs> and she was saying saying that like she previously if she was walking down the street with that whichever ryan is her husband and um uh, if something happened, she'd sort of step behind him and let him protect her. But now that they've got a baby, she finds herself putting herself in between the, the whatever's happening and, and the baby. Yeah. So maybe it's just that if I ever were to have a child, I'd find these instincts within me. I think if you have a child run away with the baby, that is, I still think running away is the best. <laughs> I think if I have a child, it'll end up in the bin. That's what I, think. <laughs> if I do. Don't, yeah. put, don't put a child. But at least the milk won't be there. Don't put the child in the bin. Yeah. It's, it's easy to do. My son got in the bin the other day, but it's, that's... That's that a was laugh, his, though, that isn't it? That's funny. Choice. Yeah, that's a good joke. It is. That's a very, very funny boy. Um, my, my daughter got... I do a, a puppet show uh, on a Thursday evening live on Twitch, 
because I've gone mentally ill <laughs> through, through COVID. But my daughter, who's seven... Did you not hear about the Prickles with Tickle show? I'm so <laughs> it's, on board. It's, the, it's the same thing. Yeah, I'll be tuning my in. My daughter's started coming up and doing the first five minutes. She doesn't get... But she's much funnier than I am. Yeah, I bet. I said, I said to her this week, I said to her, I said, you've got to go to bed, because she was interrupting. I said, you've got to go to bed. She said, why? Because you've only got one ball. <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat that. You're like, shit. That was my that. opening line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dearie me. Um, so, look, what your current show, uh, is, are you, you're still mid-tour, right, with your current show? Mid-tour, yeah. It's, and it's, remind me what it's called. It's called Lost, these, Lost Boy. Lost Boy, yes, yeah. Lost Boy. Uh, so is that going right through to 2023? Or yeah, is it... I think it ends in March. I'm doing a show at the Bloomsbury Theatre in March. I feel sort of... Uh, ba- I shouldn't mention that in the Leicester Square. It feels like oh, I'm so... crossing enemy lines. Yeah. Also, I was really exciting because for many years I've wondered what um, the acronym of your podcast actually meant. <laughs> and now I know. Now you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leicester Square thing. I don't, I don't have um, a curious mind, I don't think. <laughs> So I could have looked that up, but I you kept could. seeing it. But for the, year, number, yeah. the number of people who tweet, you go, what does it stand for? And you go, you think, well, you know, you could just Google that. Yeah. You? I mean, I can tell you, but... But I didn't even do that. I didn't no. want to know. I, just, I think I thought this podcast was called Rahululu. Yeah, it is called that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it changed. When it's not here, it's called different things. Is it? Yeah, so I have to think of... Uh, that's annoying. Cause like, I, yeah. Because I've started doing quite a lot of gigs elsewhere, and it's quite hard to come up with something that starts with the letters LST. But I manage, don't I? I'm amazing at it, aren't I? I mean, there's a lot of words that start with Ellis. Thank you. Someone was really genuinely impressed. Yeah, he's amazing. It's amazing the way he does that. How does he think of three words? It's an amazing guy. Um, well, it's, look, it's got fantastic reviews. I've, uh, and I, um, I think I'll come and see it at the Bloomsbury. Yeah, if that's, yeah, the, if it's that's the, the closest thing. It's the 19th of March, okay. I believe. Cool. We'll have to fact check that. Um, but yeah, not 19th of March, I believe. Okay, um, great. It'd be nice to see you there. And are you planning to go to the Edinburgh Fringe with a new show, or is, uh, is I, th- I think I'll be there in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, I haven't really decided what I'm going to do, but I'll, okay. I'll, I'll definitely turn up there at some point. Great. Yeah. Um, cool. Look, uh, you've been absolutely fantastic. It's really lovely to meet you. We Thank once you. stood in a box together in a theatre, but did not communicate. No, we uh, did. So it's nice to talk, and we should have talked then. You had two balls at that point. I, I had two balls. <laughs> think. Yeah, I did. did you, uh, yeah. yeah, I did. I had a vent- That's I had why my I didn't ven- look at you. I had my ventriloquist dummy with me. And that gig I did, I tried, I got my, it was the Clapham Grand, right? Yeah. And it was a sort of in between the lockdowns charity gig. And it was the first time I tried to do something <laughs> with my ventriloquist dummy on stage, but I hadn't planned anything in it. I think you wasn't... said that. I think you might have said that to me, actually. Yeah, I think I did. Think <laughs> and I left and thought, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't great, but it was an old theatre. I think Charlie Chaplin's performed at that theatre. I might be imagining it, but you know, my my dummy is 130 years old. It was nice to get him out on stage in, the, in an old venue. Um, How did it go? Not well. Oh. It was pretty bad. It was a tough gig that night, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it was sort of weird going back and doing... Sort of slightly half-empty. Half-empty Table seating and, yeah. yeah. um, Everybody was afraid. It was a tough time. It's hard to believe it happened now, isn't it? Do you think it was just a dream? This guy's still got his mask on. He remembers. (laughs) I'm having this thing at the moment, and I'm not... This is not me um, accusing... But every time I see somebody wearing a mask, I start to think, I wonder whether they, they have COVID. Yeah. And they're out and about with COVID. I doubt you do, and you're probably I mean, he's fine. probably just seriously ill. 
and, and worried about catching COVID, right? Yeah, and just looking after probably yourself. That, probably, that, yeah. probably just terminally ill. That. <laughs> this is your last time out. Well, I'm going to die pretty soon anyway. Let's go see Rich Harry. I might get COVID. Will you just stand up at your funeral or just... <laughs> It's good to be, it's good to be, no, mate, you're the only sensible person here. All these other yeah. people are fucking idiots. <laughs> including myself. It's good to keep Weird, though, isn't it? It's not, you know, weird. It's all right now, isn't it? We couldn't, it doesn't matter. No, it's weird. Oh, it's because we've all had injections. Okay, sorry. I remember now. Have you had your, th- I've, had, I've had, I'm old enough to have had my extra booster. Have you had your fourth? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. No, I've only had three. My yeah. last one was, yeah, January. That's, that's why I'm not worried. Mm. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you can die of other things. Uh, so, do 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 watch out for that. Uh, look, Sarah, do watch out for that. Uh, bring back prick, the Prickles with Tickles show. That's what I want to say. I hope I'll you're, have a word with my brother. I hope, and your see brother what he's doing. I hope your brother finds Robin Hood under a car park in Nottingham. He's still he's looking. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's in Prickles are searching. Uh, I'd really love to see you. Do go and see Lost Boy. On tour, uh, check out Sarah Keyworth's uh, website and I'm sure you'll find all the details there. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Sarah Keyworth. Thank you very much. Thank you. We'll be back next week with more. Thank you. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Sarah Keyworth. Thank you to Scant Regard for playing this music so beautifully for us every time. It sounds the same each time, but it's very subtly different. Do listen out for that. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you very much to Chris Evans. Not that one, or that one, or any of the other ones. It's just the one I'm talking about. And everyone at GoFasterStrike.com and all the team here. Thank you very much to the Leicester Square Theatre for having us. And this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com, buy downloads and books, and you can see videos of these shows sometimes as well for a small fee. GFSBoxOffice.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Thanks for listening. RichardHarring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.